why is my phone blowing up? Oh, Brad Marchand replied to another one of my roster suggestion tweets. Great. Let's talk about that and more on today's episode of Locked On Boston Bruins. Your Locked On Bruins, your daily podcast on the Boston Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Bruins fans, and welcome back to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. I'm your host, Ian McLaren, and this is a daily show where we discuss all things spoke to be. Today is Wednesday, January 18th. It's a Bruins game day. They're on Long Island to take on the Islanders. We'll preview that game later on in this episode. First, a quick thank you to all those who subscribe and listen to the podcast regularly. It means so much. And you, of course, can find the podcast on your favorite podcast app, whether it's Apple, Spotify, Amazon, Google, Pocket Casts is what I use. And also on YouTube, where we're 11 subscribers away from 1,000. Please do subscribe to the YouTube channel if you have not already. And you'll be entered to win this Tim Hortons Patrice Bergeron mini stick. If you're on Twitter, you can find the podcast at Locked NHL Bruins, and you can find me, my dad jokes, hockey tweets, at Ian C. McLaren. And that's exactly what Brad Marchand did last night, replying to my suggestion that the Bruins add Edmonton Oilers forward Jesse Pugliarvi to the top nine. Jesse Pugliarvi was healthy scratched by the Edmonton Oilers last night. 24 years old, fourth overall pick, and he just has not been able to put it together in Edmonton this year or any other year, really. He has, uh, he did have 14 goals, 36 points in 65 games last season. Kind of a, not a dissimilar track to Pavel Zaka in New Jersey. A high draft pick. Wasn't quite able to put it together. Change of scenery. Look where Zaka is now, having just signed a four-year, uh, $19 million contract extension with the Boston Bruins. Poliarvi hasn't been able to find the back of the net with regularity this season. He's been open about his uh, struggles mentally, questioning whether he has what it takes to play at the NHL level. There may have been some translation there, but, you know, he's shooting only 6% on the season and averaging only 12 minutes and 47 seconds of ice time, which is down from over 16 last year. It's clear he doesn't fit into Edmonton's plans. And there's even some reports that they would be willing to throw in a draft pick in order to trade him. The Bruins have a track record of picking up players or taking players under their wings and helping them 
find themselves, to find their games. You just look at Zaka. You look at Jake DeBrusque last year, going through some personal stuff, asking for a trade. The guy stood with him. He jumped on the top line. And the Bruins' leadership group is such that they can help turn a guy like him around. And there's just tons of potential there. He's an excellent defensive player. As Evolving Wild pointed out, he's a top 20 defensive player in the NHL this season. Don't look at plus minus, please. That is just such a misleading stat. Um, And there's some room for offensive growth there as well. Again, he had 36 points in 65 games last season, 14 goals, 22 assists. I know a lot of people say he can't produce. He's not producing alongside Connor McDavid. There's a lot of pressure playing with a Connor McDavid. You often default to him to take over. You'd think you should be able to get points kind of by osmosis, but it's not that simple. Four point, four goals, six assists through 45 games this season. And again, Edmonton's basically trying to give him away. So I tweeted, Marshan Bergeron, DeBrusque, uh, Zaka, Krejci, Pasternak, Hall, Coyle, Pugliarvi. No disrespect intended to Trent Frederick there. He has been fantastic this season. You put him on the fourth line with Felino and Noshik. Your gold Merlot line is where legends are made. We know this. Um, yeah, you take Craig Smith out of the lineup, perhaps AJ Greer. That's a pretty formidable top 12. Perhaps it's a modest upgrade, or you're betting on a future upgrade. Again, Pulyarvi still only 24 years old, and the Bruins have very few forwards signed. For next season, he'll be a restricted free agent. It fits with Don Sweeney's MO of trading for players with some contractual uh, hold, not a rental. And uh, I just think it makes a ton of sense to at least suggest or explore. I know a lot of fans came at me saying, How dare you disrespect Trent Frederick like that? It's not like that, it's just put him on the fourth line. They're even that much better. Anyways, I'm watching Last of Us last night. Brad Marchand replies to my tweet with a shush emoji. Now, this comes after in the summer. He replied to another one of my tweets with tough take where I suggested that if Bergeron didn't come back, if you have no Krejci, then perhaps you explore trading Brad Marchand and attempt to rebuild, retool. Premature on my part, obviously. And uh, Brad had every right to say tough take to that. Now, what does the shush emoji mean? If you look at Emojipedia, it says may convey silence, quiet, secrecy, discreetness, may also create a sense of buzz and anticipation, an exclusive sneak peek or news scoop, for instance. A lot of people interpret it as that, that Brad Marshand is onto something. He knows the Bruins are exploring this. We know the Bruins often talk to their players when they're considering a move. They don't always agree. In the case of Mitchell Miller, the Bruins did it anyways. That's another story. Uh, But it's more likely that he's just telling me to shush. 
to be quiet. The Bruins are rolling. They're a wagon. And there's no need to disrupt anything. I'm not the only person out here making suggestions for the Bruins ahead of the trade deadline. You're always looking to improve. You're always looking towards the future. Uh, Jesse Pugliarvi could be a kind of Pavel Zaka 2.0 for the Boston Bruins, a guy who finds himself, again, he had 36 points last season in 70 games for the New Jersey Devils. That was his career high. 36 points in 65 games for Pugliarvi last season, so that's a better point-per-game average. Zaka was a minus 21 last season. If you're still looking at that, um, Pugliarvi was plus 22 last season for the record. And he's shooting below his career average this season. So there's some offensive upside there as well. If the Oilers are giving this guy away, he plays a Bruins-type game, responsible defensively, can be heavy on the puck. There's some offensive uh potential there to yet be untapped and perhaps he might benefit from being in a lower pressure situation than having to play wingman to Connor McDavid. Just a suggestion. Brad Marchand shushed it, whether it's to say, keep this on the DL or just to say, once again, Ian, be quiet. Stop talking. Probably the latter. But interesting that he did indeed reply to that. Uh, probably more to stand up for Trent Frederick. Again, no disrespect intended to Frederick. He's been great this year. A fourth line of Felino, Frederick, and Noshik could be very effective for them in the postseason. Anyways, we're going to preview tonight's game against the Islanders. And also talk about how good Jeremy Swayman has been of late. But first, a quick word about today's sponsor, which is Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. You can get all the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from NFL divisional playoffs to ongoing NBA and NHL schedules, upcoming MLB season. You can get futures, props, odds, lines, everything you need at betonline.net. If you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. They're the fastest and easiest way to get all your betting info. Just head to their website today or use their mobile app to learn more at BetOnline where the game starts. So yesterday, in talking about the win over the Philadelphia Flyers, I focused mostly on David Krejci, the check line. Didn't talk as much about Jeremy Swayman, who made 29 saves to pick up his first shutout of the season, extending his personal point streak to seven games, 5-0-2. He was maligned a bit, recently for a questionable performance. Uh, I think it was against the Sabres on New Year's Eve where he allowed four goals on 25 shots. But he's been pretty lights out 
over the last little bit. In fact, since returning from an injury in mid-November, he's 8-2-3 with a 9-20 save percentage and a 2-0-9 goals against average in 13 games. His save percentage is ninth in the NHL over that span, and his goals against average is third behind Philip Gustafson of the Minnesota Wild and, of course, his goalie partner, Linus Allmark. Swayman says he has been trying to practice patience over the last little bit, knowing whether shots are coming, being prepared for it, working on it in practice, repetition, games, all of the above. But the guys in front of him make his job easy, he said. It's awesome to be part of a team like this, shut it down in front of him, give him a chance to see the first shot. Jim Montgomery has been very pleased with what he's seen from Swayman and Allmark, of course, in recent weeks. Nine or so starts in a row where he's played well, and Montgomery said, we have the best tandem in the league. And it's pretty hard to debate that at the moment. Um, I mean, it was, yeah, a couple of weeks ago, people were saying, call up Keith Kincaid uh, after that 840 save percentage in that game against the Sabres. But since then, he's won three in a row, allowed only three goals, against the Kings, Ducks, and Flyers. And uh, Jeremy Swayman will likely get another start in the next couple of days with back-to-backs against the New York Rangers and the New York Islanders. Before we uh, preview tonight's game against the Islanders, a, uh, a news item <clears throat> to pass along, Yuna Kapanen was recalled from Providence on Tuesday morning. And he will play against the Islanders tonight, according to Jim Montgomery. He made his NHL debut uh, last week against Seattle before being reassigned to the Providence Bruins. He'll sub in for Thomas Noshik, who's been given a game off as he continues to recover from a nagging injury that's been hindering him, especially in the face-off dot. Um... So uh, it's not necessarily a, a scratch. It's an opportunity for Coppin to play. Jim Montgomery said, Noshik is understanding of the situation. It's a game to get him back to 100% health, which is the goal for the Boston Bruins. And they have the luxury right now of being so far ahead of teams that they can practice some load management and get some guys rested and fully healthy for the playoff push. Going to preview tonight's game against the Islanders. Coming up, quick thank you once again for uh, subscribing to Locked On Boston Bruins for making it part of your daily routine. Please do smash that subscribe button if you have not already. And uh, especially on YouTube, you can be inserted into the draw to win that Brad Marchand mini stick all right so the new york islanders come into this one four four and two over their past 10 games and they are trying to stay in the thick of the eastern conference playoff picture 
as it stands, they are on the outside looking in. They're tied with the Pittsburgh Penguins at 50 points. Uh, Pittsburgh right now holding down the second wildcard spot. The thing is, the Islanders have played three more games. So, oh, sorry, two more games. So the Penguins have a much better point percentage, 581 compared to 556 for the Islanders. Islanders have plus 12 goal differential. Pittsburgh down at plus uh, nine. Now, one of their star players, Matt Barzell, he recently missed a game due to injury. He's been relatively ineffective since, which hurts my fantasy team at the moment. Past four games, he has failed to record a point. So will we get the inevitable breakout to keep that 2015 draft storyline going? Or will the Bruins be able to suppress Matt Barzell and the New York Islanders? Scott Mayfield, defenseman, leads them in points over the past five games with three to show you how their offense is faring at the moment. Uh, Whereas Boston, David Pasternak, eight goals and 10 points over his last five games. Islanders power play is fairly inept, 27th ranked compared to Boston's third ranked power play. They're a pretty good penalty killing team. They rank sixth in the NHL. Boston is at first, of course. Uh, Islanders, a decent defensive team as well, allowing 2.69 goals per game, which ranks eighth. Boston, of course, ranks first in goals allowed per game at 2.12. And They're now first in goals four per game as well at 3.81. Now this could be a very tight game seeing as it's likely to be a matchup of two of the front runners for the Vesna trophy. Swayman could get the start. And I mentioned how hot he's been as of late. If it's all Mark 23, two and one, 192 goals against average. 936 save percentage. Few goalies can even come close to his success this season. One of those guys, however, plays for the Islanders in Ilya Sorokin. He's far behind in terms of record, only 15, 4, and 3. It's more of a statement on the Islanders as a team. But 930, sorry, 925 save percentage and a 230 goals against average puts him near Olmark in those categories and he leads the NHL in uh shutouts with uh three actually he's tied for second sorry behind Darcy Kemper of the Washington Capitals the fact that he plays for the Islanders kind of bumps his Vesna consideration they're not as good as the Bruins uh so he's a guy who could very well steal a game for Boston tonight Considering how inept their offense has been, I'm predicting like a 2-1 game. And we all know the Islanders do seem to have uh, Boston's number at times in the past. So not expecting a super exciting game. It's the TNT game this week, so it starts at 7.30, probably later than that with all the pregame stuff. Uh, Don't expect... A barn burner tonight, but hopefully the Bruins come out with the win 
and then they'll be back in action tomorrow night against the New York Rangers. Tomorrow's show, I will recap tonight's game, preview tomorrow's game, and we'll do our weekly cup check where we look at uh, where the Bruins rank among the NHL's top five teams. All right, that's it for today, friends. Thank you so much for taking some time to listen. Thank you for the continued support. And uh, we'll remain on Pugliarvi Watch, such as it is. And, um, yeah, hope you're all doing well. I did check out, like I mentioned, Last of Us last night. If you're looking for something to watch, we're kind of reluctant because of just having wrapped up Walking Dead. It's a kind of a pandemic-y type show. But the first episode was pretty entertaining. I was kind of caught off guard by the agility of the zombies compared to their Walking Dead cousins. Um, we also recently watched the Vatican Girl Netflix documentary, which was super compelling. And um, yeah, that's pretty much it, I think. Take care of yourselves, friends. Take care of each other. And we'll talk to you again here tomorrow on Locked On Boston Ruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your favorite team every single day.